0: you are not alone in the woods. Humans developed large brains, and everything else seemingly took a back seat. But those beasts out there that remained in the forests have sharpened their senses like sharks with blood in the water. One step into those trees, and they know you're there. Welcome to Outdoor Terrors, the show where I, Darkness Prevails, share with you real people's allegedly true stories of the terrifying things they've encountered in the great outdoors. If you have a story of your own to share, send it to me at darkstories.org and stop by eeriecast.com if you want to hear more scary stories from me. If you like what you hear, leave Outdoor Terrors a rating and review on Spotify and Apple. Thank you. Now, let's begin. I only caught a glimpse from Jules. I was living with my boyfriend. I'll call him D for this story. His family lives in a small rural town surrounded by woods in central Alberta. I'm originally from a big city in Ontario, but I spent my summers camping and had never had an experience quite like this in all my time in the woods. It wasn't too late at night when we decided to head outside for a smoke. I think it was around 9.30 or 10pm at the latest. Dee and I snuck out of our room quietly, so as to not disturb the sleeping kids or their mother. We let the dog out, making sure the door was secure, before we made our way to the shed, where we liked to hang out while smoking. It gave us a bit of privacy. I noticed a strange feeling in the atmosphere, but I brushed it off. We lived in a shady town, and things often felt off like that. We were just chilling in the shed, chatting about whatever stupid topic we had in mind, when I realized just how still and quiet it had gotten. Now, keep in mind, there was a distant but close enough highway that you could always hear it outside. But for some reason, that was silent too. This made me uneasy so I told Dee to be quiet for a moment, so we could listen. As soon as the two of us shut up, we heard three consistent tapping sounds coming from the window to my left. This sounded like someone was drumming their fingers on the glass. My heart sank. At first, I thought I was just hearing things. I am schizophrenic, and my mind has a tendency to play tricks on me. But as Dee and I both stared at each other, wide-eyed, I knew it was real. We sat in silence for a moment, analyzing, straining our ears to pick up any sound from outside. But there was nothing. It was silent. We couldn't even hear the dog roaming around the small yard. And as I had a background in witchcraft and have always loved anything scary, everything I'd ever heard about skinwalkers... Began to flood into my mind. I was scared. Suddenly, something started banging aggressively against the side of the shed under the window, and we had initially thought it was the dog. But it was harsh. I could tell it was something large and fleshy hitting the metal siding. It wasn't a clang or anything like that, and it wasn't the soft thunk the dog made when she jumped on the bed. It was like somebody was slamming their hand or fist against the wall. Immediately, we decided we'd had enough. We started to pack up our stuff to head back inside. I put the chair away, and as I waited for Dee to finish up, I leaned against the door, which doesn't properly latch, as it was missing the metal piece that goes on the frame, which also happened to be splintered and broken. Whatever was banging on the wall had had enough too, and it fell silent for a short moment. It startled me when it slammed into the door behind me. I felt the impact through the cold metal. I felt the door budge just a little bit under my weight, and as the sound of the thuds ended, something was being dragged across the door, something sharp. I could feel it, just like the impact. I knew there was more than one point of contact. There was more than one thing dragging across the door. Likely a hand, likely clawed, and equally likely attached to something that could and wanted to kill us. I could almost smell the evil in the air, and as I felt the door opening more and more with every thud, I feared for my life. I did not think we were going to get out of that shed alive. Then it stopped. Just like that, the banging stopped, and as I heard the familiar sounds of the dog running up to the shed, I could hear footsteps retreating. When I felt safe, I peeled myself away from the door, my legs shaking as I slowly opened it just enough to see out of and look around. The dog was there, sniffing the ground and pacing about. She seemed stressed, and I couldn't really blame her. I had nearly soiled my pants myself. We left quickly, calling the dog and running into the house. As we crossed the porch and shoved the door open, something on the roof moved in the corner of my eye. I looked over, as whatever was up there ducked out of my view. I only caught a glimpse, but I could tell it looked vaguely human. Vaguely. I've done some digging since that night, looking for explanations, and I learned that the only native reserve was more than an hour away. Dee isn't really into folklore or superstitions, so we spent a lot of time trying to come up with a rational explanation of what had happened, even going as far as to bring the dog outside to see if her paws could reach the window of the shed, which she couldn't, there was at least a foot between her paws and the window. That still wouldn't have explained the strange pattern of noises we heard, nor the human figure on the roof. I've had several strange dreams about that house, about those woods. Nightmares about malicious creatures chasing me, hunting me down, tearing off my flesh. We haven't heard anything since. It might have had something to do with the fact I've been carrying sage and crystals around, or maybe whatever we had smoked caused us to share a hallucination, which I don't think that's possible. Whatever it is, I'll never know but I sure don't ever want to go walking in the woods behind the house again. At least, not alone. The Skeleton From A Random Wendigo I live in a small town in the U.S. It has a trail on the north end. This happened over the summer. I don't remember the day or month, but I do remember what happened quite clearly. I was with one of my best friends, E. That day was especially hot, and E had come over to my house. I let my sister know I was going to take off and hang out with E for a while. I asked him where he wanted to go. To the trail, he replied. So we talked as usual, making our way to the trail. We arrived about 15 minutes later. We started to discuss clearings in these woods that were off the trail, and I showed him one of them. We kept on going towards a bridge, and we crossed over. There was a little stream there, which flowed into a creek. After that, we spotted this big tree standing over a clearing. The way it was gnarled and twisted made it look like a cave more than a tree. So we went over to check it out. We hung out there for a while, before moving on. It was after that when we spotted it. Dude, look, he said. We walked over to a smaller clearing. There, we saw this deer skeleton lying on the ground. Some of the bones were in different areas than the rest. If we had to guess, it looked to have been there for about a year, but some of its bones were shattered like glass. Definitely looked like something had been feasting on it for a while, leaving the remains right here. What do you think killed it? He said. I don't know. I guess something strong enough to shatter bones like glass. We left soon after that, calling it a day. But we did come back the next day, as we wanted to see this skeleton again. But when we got back to the clearing, it was gone. Like something had cleaned it up, despite the remains being left there for so long. Very weird. I didn't really know what to say about this. That's when we heard this noise up in the trees... You might be thinking it was a bird, but I soon noticed it sounded too heavy. Then, just as the two of us went quiet after discussing for a moment, something fell to the ground behind us. I turned around like anyone would, and I saw it. The skull of the deer, just lying there in the ground. Was that there when we got here? I asked. No, he replied. We knew we weren't alone then. There was something in the trees above us. We started running out of there, just as something leaped out of the trees behind us. In a mad panic, we climbed over fallen trees, trying to make our escape, when E fell, hitting his head hard. I turned around, and I saw something I'll never forget. It was mostly white, covered in bone, standing about seven feet tall, with eyes blacker than coal. The skin looked like a bunch of animal skins all stitched together. It had long, dangly arms with long claws. It looked like it had barely any muscle, but it seemed to break tree branches with ease. What I saw was slouching and lumbering its way towards E. I ran over to him, picked him up, and ran as quickly as I could. I was so afraid it was going to catch up to us. We crossed over the stream, and suddenly... The sound of it chasing us stopped. The two of us ran as quickly as we could, never coming back to that trail again. Dogman or Skinwalker in North Georgia. From Morris. I'm a 28-year-old guy with a family of four and a pretty good job. The paranormal has followed me and my immediate family for the better part of two decades. I grew up in a house that could rival the Conjuring house. But that's all a different story. This is about a certain creature. The first time I encountered this creature, I was hiking with my brother, and my now wife, down some trails behind the house. We were getting tired, but decided to go a bit further. This would soon prove to be a mistake. We made it to this dome-like area, which we realized was completely constructed by woven trees. When we stepped inside, my girl said she wouldn't come in. When I tried to convince her that it was fine, all the sounds around us were turned off like a light switch, all at once. I took a look around, and I noticed what looked to be a hand placed on the trunk of a nearby tree. It looked like a raccoon's hand, only twice the size of a human's, with long claws that looked like they could tear through metal. I don't know where this courage came from, but I took two steps towards it. To this day, I wish I hadn't. Looking down on me was the most horrific sight I ever witnessed. Upside down, as if it were crawling down the tree was what I could only describe as a werewolf, looking me dead in the face. If it were standing up, I'd say it would have been six feet tall. Its fur, unlike other dogman encounters I've ever heard, was clean, long, and black. Its eyes were a fiery ember yellow and gold, with a stare that burned into my very soul. It pulled its hand back, taking a step backwards back up the tree. At that moment, I was able to move again, and my brother, who was standing right behind me, looked at me in complete disbelief and terror. I told him to just calmly walk backwards, back to the trail. But then we started to hear cracks in the branches, and we couldn't take it. We booked it. The last time I have seen a creature similar was when me and my brother and his girlfriend were riding on a back road late at night. Smoking. I know what you're thinking, but my brother's girlfriend doesn't even smoke and was completely sober during the whole thing. And even she can't explain it. As we turned on the gravel pass, things were deftly quiet. No more than 30 seconds later, something the size of a grizzly bear ran across the road at breakneck speed. We saw it stop on the other side of the road, so we stopped for a moment to get a better look. After all, we felt safe inside the car. What we saw would be burned into our minds for the rest of our lives. At first, we thought we'd hit it, because its limbs were turning and popping as if the bones were breaking. It wasn't until I saw what appeared to be red, patchy fur over the top of human-looking skin that I gasped. It looked directly at us, ears perked up like a German shepherd eyes glowing a fiery orange with no source of light for eyeshine. We were only twenty feet from this thing, and I saw its lips curl back, bearing teeth, drool dripping from its maw. At that point, I broke from my trance and screamed at my brother to floor it. He was just stuck staring at the thing. Right as I thought it was going to come to make us the first meal of the night, My screams finally got through to my brother, and he gunned it. I don't think it followed us, but I couldn't stop myself from looking out the rearview mirror the rest of the way home. We discussed what it could have been. Dogman? Werewolf? Skinwalker, maybe? We couldn't really come to a conclusion. All we know is that it radiated fear and evil. Just be careful on the back roads of Northern Georgia. There's something out there. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone.
1: Com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
0: Strange Creature in the Pennsylvania Airsoft Fields From Jay Fazlitt. In the summer of 2016, I was part of a large week-long airsoft event. I was one of 15,000 airsofters, who came out to be in this event, and I was part of the 552nd Infantry Battalion Condor Company 3 Squad. Specifically, I was in Fireteam Bravo, with the rank of Specialist. It was day two. My squad was holding a bridgehead 2.5 clicks from Division HQ, with one squad from Tango Company. We'd dug in, three fighting holes on each side of the road, before and after a bridge. My squad leader had put our belt fed in the innermost fighting hole, and the squad lead from the other squad had put their belt fed on the other side of the bridge. It was getting late. I was feasting on an MRE when one of the guys on watch yelled out, Contact! Left side! Twenty meters out! Then, all heck broke loose. The 240 in the innermost hole let off bursts of tin BBs until the gun was dry. One of the guys fired a 40mm BB grenade from the 203 on his rifle. I jumped up from under the makeshift shelter in the hole. I started to engage with what I thought was a 6 foot tall hostel, carrying either a bulky shotgun or SAW, wearing a ghillie suit. I only realized that I was in fact not shooting a man with my rifle, but a 7 foot tall creature of some sort. And I kid you not... The thing reminded me of a Sasquatch, or skunk ape, and it wasn't holding a gun, it was carrying a tree branch. The thing went crashing through the trees and brambles, running down into the four-foot-deep, recently-flooded river, which had swept away someone earlier that day. It walked up near the vertical three-foot embankment on the other side, hauling tail into the woods on the far side of the road, towards Division HQ, one of the guys from one squad had his deer rifle chambered in .30-30 because there was a real coyote problem in the area, and I had a gun chambered in 44 Magnum in my assault ruck for the same reason. I immediately pulled out my hand cannon, and I jumped out of the hole. As I did this, the other guy was digging in the tool case on the side of the Humvee to get his rifle because he'd put it in the back of the tool case in a soft case. I saw this and waited. Because I didn't want to go hunt an angry, teed off Bigfoot in the woods by myself. The other guy finally got to me. We went into the woods together, but we couldn't find it. We never did see the thing again after that encounter, and my squad was forever known after that as Sasquatch Hunters. The Face I Saw with My Son. From Anonymous. It was the first day of August, and bear season had started in Oregon. My son and I had gone to the White River Wildlife Area to hunt bears in the afternoon. We put some bear bait on the ground to lure a bear in close and try to get a good shot. My son and I sat about 50 meters away. I was looking somewhere else when I saw my son pick up his rifle. He had the rifle up for three minutes then just stared at me. Then he stood up, came over to me, and told me what he saw. He said he saw this guy looking at him with a telescope, and that the sky went through a tree when he walked away. Like always, I thought he would be lying, but his face was different than usual. So I took him with me to a different place. It was around 8pm at the time, when he told me, let's go home. I'm tired and scared. So we packed everything up and started walking back to the car. As my son and I walked, I saw something pop out of a tree. I kid you not, it was a red face with a white mustache. When my son saw it, he gasped and fell backward. I helped him up and asked, Is that what you saw? He replied, That's the guy, the one that went through the tree. When he said that, I grabbed my rifle and aimed at the guy. Obviously, there was nothing normal about this situation, but when I tried to pull the trigger, nothing happened. I pulled it a dozen times, and the rifle didn't fire. I began to yell at the man, and whatever this thing or spirit was, came out of the tree and flew out into the canyon. After it was gone, my son and I started going back to the car We'd left the car four minutes away, but we took longer than four minutes. It took us about 30 minutes walking until we got to the place where we left it. But it wasn't there. My son and I started walking down the road for three miles until we found the car. We had no idea why it was here, but we just wanted to go home. We put the rifles in the car, pushed the gas, and left that place as fast as we could. We got home and went to sleep pretty quick. It was already about 11pm, so we were dog-tired and scared. The Late Night Ghost I Was Not Supposed to See From Anonymous This is a story of an encounter I had whilst with my boyfriend a few years back. We were at his house at the time. Behind the house are some developed areas, but it's still a very small town. Near the house is a forested area, one of those creepy stereotypical ones, with jagged trees that don't curve at any point. They just sort of bend at sharp angles and points at all the branches. Also, they were all mostly bare, a few leaves if any, and the bark was dark in color. There was an old wooden shack there as well, far abandoned, and it had this deep eerie trench dug under it that had a very negative energy to it. It reeked of death. There was a sort of hallway in it, but it was a ramp, all made from dirt, like it had just been carved out of the earth. One day this shack collapsed, but during the time of this story, if I recall correctly, it was still there. The house itself was old, one of the oldest in town, and they were renovating it to sell one day. I was best friends with his sister, so I was supposed to be staying the night with her, but everyone knew I wanted to spend time with my boyfriend. Besides, our friendship had grown apart as we got older, for various reasons. My relationship with her brother likely being one of them. She would get jealous, and for this reason she wasn't with us. She was angry with me for ignoring her, However, she'd been a bad friend to me, so I didn't feel bad about that. He and I were on the couch watching TV. We decided we wanted to take a cigarette break. We went outside, toward the left side of the house. The side I refer to as the normal one. Though we usually preferred that forest, it was special to us. But we were tired. It was late, probably 3am. We were in sweats, and not about to walk through the sharp debris and trees of the woods. On the side of the house, there was this concrete slab, a sort of stair leading up to the side door of the garage, and we were sitting there facing the trees. He'd brought a large axe with him just in case. It was after dark, and there were tons of coyotes out hunting, and there had been what we believed to be possible paranormal instances. We both knew that there were sometimes some things lurking about the old property. Suddenly I realized that We were both fixated on the same thing. I'm not sure who noticed it first, but when I realized he was looking too, I knew I wasn't crazy. You see that too? I began, hesitantly. You see it? He asked, seemingly surprised. I guess he hadn't noticed me looking at it yet. A pair of eyes, I said. Yeah, he mumbled. It looked like a pair of car headlights almost, the spacing and color. But they were too blue, and just light that was eye-shaped, if that makes sense. I would have thought it was a car in the distance, but for it to possibly be in the background I was looking at, headlights would be way too dim to see this clearly. And beyond that, there was no car attached. It was just some eyes. It was close to the turn in the road, but on the property by a large tree. It began to move a little closer. Meanwhile, my boyfriend stood up, putting his arm in front of me momentarily as the universal stay-back signal. Be careful, I said, worried. With the axe over his shoulder, he began to walk towards it slowly, and it moved a little closer in response. He barked at it like a dog, like a big dog, It would have been convincing if I hadn't seen it come from his mouth. Then the eyes turned red. My eyes widened as he relaxed and walked back. I was still staring at it. It's still there, I mumbled. But he couldn't see it anymore. To him, it had just faded out. But I was still looking at it. And by now he was looking back too, trying to see it again. It moved forward, then revealed itself. It was so stereotypical, to the point it probably sounded like I'd made it up to anyone else. But he knew it was real. It makes you think. Stereotypes have to come from somewhere, right? What I saw was a dark gray, battered, and hooded cloak. Its eyes still burned red. Whatever it was, it was angry. It emitted this aura-like light all over a greenish and yellow color. It sounds silly since yellow is part of what makes up green, so wouldn't it be a lighter green or something? My apologies, but I can't describe it in any way that does it justice. It quickly lurched forward, then stopped suddenly, as I held intense eye contact with it. Then, seemingly hesitantly, it moved to the right, my right, and I followed it with my gaze. It then moved left, then forward, now zigzagging coming towards me. I just continued following the eyes. It's getting closer, I said. It felt like it was testing me, as though it didn't expect me to be able to see it anymore. It zigzagged back again towards the big tree, and then faded away. It still freaks me out to wonder what it might have been, what it might have had planned had I not been able to see it. I've learned some people can just see spirits better than others, and some can even talk to them, or so I've heard. What might have happened if I couldn't see it, or if I had turned my back to go inside? And why did it seem to care so much that I could see it? What was I going to do, call the police? I don't think I'll ever have answers to these questions. Thanks for stopping by our little campsite here at Outdoor Terrors. To hear your story on the show, send it to us at darkstories.org. For more scary stories from me, catch me on my other podcasts, Unexplained Encounters, and Tales from the Break Room on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Or go to eeriecast.com for those and even more terrifying podcasts. Follow me on X or Twitter at Dark Prevails, and if you don't mind, leave a rating for Outdoor Terrors on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Till next time, I'll see you soon when the campfire blazes once again.